All right, I'm really hesitant to do this here on a Monday morning because this exercise always comes back to bite you in the butt. But we're going to do it. Bold predictions for the Tennessee football season. That and more. It's going to be a fun one Monday. Locked on balls. You are locked on balls. Your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey everybody, good Monday morning and welcome into it. This is Locked On Vols. It is your team every single day. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Talking Tennessee Volunteers, 30 minutes or less. Sometimes maybe a minute or two over. Five days a week right here on the YouTube channel. And of course, wherever you find you listen to your podcast. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Uh, it's going to be a fun show today. Again, like I said in the cold open, we're, we're going to play some hypotheticals here on a Monday, all right? Uh, bold predictions in a matter of seconds. Offensive line update in segment two, and then Joe Milton over who? We're going to run through the presumed starting quarterbacks in the SEC this year, and we're going to say, would we rather have Joe Milton or this quarterback? So it's going to be a whole lot of fun uh, here on a Monday, and I appreciate you guys for uh, being here. Don't forget Twitter Tuesday. That's coming up tomorrow. Um, questions, comments, concerns, anything you guys have on Tennessee Fall Camp, send them to me at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. All right, so let's get into the ball predictions. I don't like doing these because uh, a lot of times people just like to, you know, hold on to the clip or, you know, you know, bookmark, bookmark a tweet or whatever the case is. And whenever it doesn't come to fruition, you, you like to throw it back in the face. Not saying you guys, but just saying in general, we see it all the time on social media, right? Um, I don't like doing bold predictions, but uh, as the host here of Lockdown Vols and the community that we are listening to Lockdown Vols, um, just so we know, disclaimer, I reserve the right to change any of these. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put them out there right now, but I reserve the right to change any of these bold predictions whatsoever uh, throughout the course of the season. Um, and, you know, my, my number one bold prediction I'm going to get to here in a second, but it's going to have to do about record. But I'm, I'm going to give you my final record prediction right up before the season, and we're going to go through it game by game. So I have the right to reserve any of these, to change any of these that I want to, just so we're clear. Um, but we're going to have some fun right here, all right? They, they don't call them bold for nothing. I'm going to go out on some limbs here, and um, we'll see if they come to fruition or if they don't. Number one, actually, let's go in reverse order, okay? They're not really, I, they're not really, you know, one, two, three, four. These are all bold predictions, but I'll start with an honorable mention, okay? Jackson Ross is going to be a fan favorite. <laughs> I've mentioned his name more on this podcast than any punter in America, probably. Uh, you never want your punter to be a star player because, especially in this offense, right? It's scoring, it's going all the time. I think Jackson Ross is going to be a stud and a fan favorite. So, again, I will say this once more. Uh, fans will learn the name Jackson Ross, and uh, I think you guys will like him the more media that he does. So, honorable mention, Jackson Ross will be a fan favorite. Number five. This is super bold, and hear me out. Arian Carter will be a freshman All-American. Now, you guys probably hear that and say, well, duh, he was, you know, a five-star prospect. Alabama wanted him, all this type of stuff. You know, why why wouldn't he fall into that category? But, you know, I, I think a lot of the times, you know, as fans and as media, we get too caught up in who is the starter. Um, at quarterback, you have one starter and one guy that plays. Okay, at offensive line, typically you have five starters. In this offense, you have three starting wide receivers, uh, but there's four guys this year. I'm intrigued to see how that works. But typically, every other position in football is rotational, especially de defense. Arian Carter, if all's healthy, 
will not be a starting linebacker, but that doesn't mean he can't play 20 to 25 to 30 to 35 to 40, maybe even upwards of 50 snaps a game if the situation calls for it. He's going to play a ton. And I think because he's going to play a ton, he's going to rack up some tackles, make some plays. I think Aaron Carter is going to be a freshman All-American at the linebacker position. That's my number one bold prediction. Uh, let's go, again, working in reverse order here. Number four, a lot of you guys are going to like this one. Kamal Haddon will lead Tennessee in interceptions. Um, you know, with the season start of the day, I believe Kamal Haddon would be a starting cornerback. That does not mean that you won't see Brandon Turnage. You won't see Gabe Judy Lawley. Um, this is, you know, taking into account that Danico slaughters the other cornerback. This doesn't mean that you won't see Jordan Matthews or Ricky Gibson on occasion, potentially. Again, there's a lot of competition in that cornerback room. Kamal Haddon, in my opinion, same for Joe Milton. Like, if he's at his best, Kamal Haddon's the best guy in the room. But as we saw, super inconsistent last year. Uh, talked way too much trash last year. I get it. It was annoying. It was frustrating as a fan, as, as a media member covering it. It was super annoying watching him go about that South Carolina game. It is what it is. But Kamal Haddon, I believe, even though it's a rotational position, and I think he'll start, but there'll be a lot of guys playing that position, in my opinion, I think he has the best athletic ability you know, going up, timing things up, going to get some, you know, going to get some interceptions. He had an interception in 2021. He had two last year. I think Kamal Haddon will lead Tennessee in interceptions this year. It's a bold prediction for sure. Number three, again, working in reverse order. Ollie Lane will start week one somewhere. <laughs> Ollie Lane is going to be a starting offensive lineman, in my opinion, to start the season. And, you know, we'll get into more offensive line. We'll give an O-line update in segment number two. And we'll get more in depth on this. But obviously, there's an injury to Cooper Mage right now, and he's sidelined for a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll be, you know, Josh Hoppel believes he'll be getting closer and healthier and, and hopes to be ready for kickoff against Virginia. But, you know, what if he's not ready for Virginia? What if he's not ready to play week one? Uh, Ollie Lane is repping with the ones right now as the center because they're trying to find a backup center, and they are, you know, they are, need, they are not leaving any rock unturned, if you will. Ollie Lane's going to be with the one. So say Cooper Mays doesn't play week one. Ollie Lane will be your starting center, in my opinion. Say Cooper Mays is back and ready to roll, and if all is healthy, you know, Cooper Mays is your starting center, obviously. Who's going to play left guard? Again, I think week one, you want a veteran in, a veteran in there. You know, to start the season, you want a guy that knows this offense, that's versatile, can play all over. So even if Cooper Mays is back week one, I think Ollie Lane might be your starting left guard week one, potentially. So a bold prediction, Ollie Lane, the sixth-year Gibbs High School standouts, I believe will be in the starting lineup at least for game one. I think he'll play a lot this year, but I think at least game one, he will be a starter. All right, so that's a ball prediction. We'll get into more offensive line talk in segment number two. I've got two more left, all right? I've got two more left. Dante Thornton will lead Tennessee in receiving yards. And it's really just kind of pick your poison, right? I mean, you had Cedric Tillman that came out of nowhere two years ago. You had Jalen Hyatt that always had the potential, but came out of nowhere essentially because he wasn't even a starter in 2021, kind of lost his reps and lost his spot in the rotation. He came out of essentially nowhere to lead Tennessee in 2022. Um, I think Brew McCoy, Brew McCoy, in my opinion, is going to be leader of the wide receiver room. He's going to be, you know, WR1, wide receiver one. I think Squirrel White's going to play a lot. Don't get me wrong, just because I'm saying this about Dante Thorne, I think Squirrel White's going to play a lot. I'm so intrigued because they have four starting wide receivers, but Tennessee plays only three receivers. I think they're all four going to play, though. Maybe not at the same time, but depending on snaps, you get a break here on this drive, yada, yada. Romel Keaton, steady Eddie, right? He's going to be out there. I think Dante Thornton, out of the slot and his versatility to stay on the field and move to the outside, 
I think he'll lead Tennessee in receiving this year. Explosive, long. If all goes well, he'll come, he'll play this year and go to the NFL. So we will see. Again, you got to go do it. You got to go produce, right? But I think Dante Thornton is going to be Tennessee's leading receiver. That is a bold prediction. And finally, my last bold prediction, and I, again, I'm going to revisit this. I'm going to revisit this right before the season, right here on Lockdown Balls. We're going to go game by game. I'm going to give you my official record prediction. But we're doing bold predictions right now. So why not be bold, right? Tennessee wins 10 games. Tennessee wins 10 games. There is a path to win 10 games. And is this make-believe? Do we need to see Tennessee do it year after year? Yes, we do. Do we need to see Tennessee have a solid season to say Tennessee is quote-unquote back? Yes, we do. But there's no reason, and it's all about quarterback play, right? And I left quarterback play out of this for a reason because I think it's pretty self-explanatory. If a quarterback hits, this offense is going to hit, and Tennessee is going to score points and be one of the nation's leaders, right? And if that's happens, Tennessee's going to win a lot of football games. It's self-explanatory. That's why I didn't really have any bold predictions on Joe. I didn't want to go, you know, bold predictions, Joe Milton's going to be a Heisman finalist. I'm not ready for that. I'm not going to say Joe Milton's going to be an all-SEC quarterback. I'm not ready for that. But again, if this offense hits, stats-wise, he will be in that conversation. But if all that happens, Tennessee can win 10 games. And again, you know, Tennessee's only an underdog right now, preseason in two games, on the road at Alabama and at home against uh, Georgia. We went through the ESPN FBI and kind of what it thought, and it gave percentages over 200,000 or 20,000 simulations. Uh, FBI likes Tennessee and over 50% chance to win in 10 of the 12 games. But again, it has Tennessee only going 8-4. and four. So you got to go out there and play the games. Texas, uh, South Carolina, oh, let's start in order. Let's go chronological order here. On the road at Florida is going to be tremendously tough. But I got news for you. This year, in my opinion, Florida's not going to be good. Now, they're not going to be bad for long, but they don't have a quarterback. The quarterback's awful, in my opinion. Okay, Team's more than a quarterback. I recognize that. On the road, to plays house of horrors. You had one since 03. It's going to be tough. But if you don't beat Florida this year, what are you doing, in my opinion? All right, that's going to be tough. At home against South Carolina, it's going to be tough because South Carolina's a pretty good team. They whipped that tail last year, but it's at home. Revenge, Neyland Stadium. I think Tennessee's the better team to begin with. But still, that's going to be a tough game. A&M, after the bye, is going to be a tough game. Alabama, obviously, on the road to Kentucky is going to be a tough game, and then obviously Georgia. So there were some toss-up games in there, but I do believe Tennessee has a roster right now and has the ability to where it can win 10 games. Bold prediction, 10 games. We don't call them bold for, you know, bold for no reason, right? I will give you my game-by-game record prediction before the start of the season coming up here in just a few weeks officially, but a bold prediction, Tennessee can win 10 games. If you have nine wins, it's a good year in my opinion. But it's a bold prediction. So, again, here's five, or six of mine. Where they gave you an honorable mention there. Six of my bold predictions. I'd love to hear your bold predictions. Uh, fill up those comments section on the YouTube channel. Send them in at underscore Kane. I'll read some of these out for Twitter Tuesday as well if you want to. Honorable mention, Jackson Rawls could be a fan favorite. Aaron Carter, a freshman All-American. Kamal Haddon leads the team in interceptions. Ollie Lane starts week one somewhere. Uh, Dante Thornton leads the team in receiving, and Tennessee wins 10 games. Those are my 10 predictions. We'll love to hear what yours is, so send them in for a little Twitter Tuesday. That's coming up on tomorrow's show. But one of those about Ollie Lane, we kind of got into the offensive line conversation. We're going to dive back into it uh, here in just a moment. What's the update on the offensive line for the University of Tennessee? There's a lot of moving pieces, obviously, with the injury with Cooper Mays right now. But that left guard, Gerald Mincy, all that coming up. What's this offensive line look like? 
that and more right here on Locked On Balls. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to try out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We've all been in those positions where we're trying to take a step in our career. We put our resume online to LinkedIn Jobs and see if they can help us find the next stepping stone in our career, the next, or maybe a dream job, right? Maybe you have your dream job right now. Maybe you have a small business, but you need some help and you need people that are trustworthy and obviously qualified to help you run your business that you worked your tail off for. You can find those people like simple tools to screening questions, make it easy to focus on people who are qualified and who you can hire that have those right skills. It is why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one and delivering qualified hires versus its leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn slash LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That is LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, guys, welcome back into it. Locked on balls here on a Monday. Hope each and every one of you guys had a great, great weekend. Uh, relax, kind of recharge the batteries. Tennessee football was uh, practicing at the scrimmage on Thursday, had an off day Friday, practice Saturday, practice Sunday, off day today. We'll practice tomorrow. Scrimmage number two was on Wednesday. And uh, man, we're just continuing on right now. They're, they're at that point in fall camp where it's like, all right, everything's redundant right now. We're getting tired, you know, slowly but surely. Um, you know, students are going to be making their way back on campus. There's going to be a lot of eye candy, you know, some distractions. So everybody gets to that point in camp where it's like, all right, um, let, let's get a move on here. We're not officially to the point to where it's like, let's be done and play, but um, there's obviously still a lot of work to do, but they've been getting after it. 10 practices in the books already. Scrimmage number two coming up on Wednesday, and um, we're breaking it all down here, right here on Lockdown Ball. Twitter Tuesday coming up tomorrow, getting in those questions, comments, concerns. Offensive line could be a concern, right? Um, I don't want to blow anything out of proportion. Um, I'm, I'm, that's not my style. Um, I still think that there's time to figure it out. I still think that there's you know plenty of repetitions. I think that there's some growth in some players. Um, but no doubt about it. I mean, a huge, huge question, not only coming into camp, but even 10 practices in at camp right now, uh, huge questions at offensive line. And it only made matters worse when Cooper Mays is sidelined with a minor procedure, according to Josh Heupel. And of course, he'll be sidelined for the next couple of weeks and he'll be getting closer towards kickoff. We'll see exactly when he comes back. But that only complicates things even more because you have now yet another question mark on that offensive line. And to erase one of those question marks, you got to move some guys around. Um, Tennessee has been looking for a backup center since Cooper Mays got to camp. Since Cooper Mays is elevated to the starting center, Tennessee's been looking for a backup center. Again, Jerome Carvin was that emergency center that came over and snapped a little bit in 2021 and a little in 2022. Um, Jerome Carvin's gone. You don't have a backup center right now. Tennessee pushed and pushed and pushed Addison Nichols in spring practice to be that backup center, and he's been working and working and working, and he's still working to snap the football and to be to be that backup center. But, it, it you know, it's it's progress, right? You don't just snap your fingers and someone's ready to go and play, especially in this type of offense where the center controls the tempo. The center starts it all, right? It's not the quarterback, it's the center. So you got to set the ball and get down there, and, and, and you got to set the ball and get down there so your fellow offensive linemen can get set, the receivers can get set, and then ultimately the quarterback can snap the football. So it all starts with the center. And because of that, Ollie Lane has switched down from left guard to center, for the time being, um, he's never been a starting center in this offense. But even dating back to the Jeremy Pruitt days when Ollie Lane was still, still here on the team, uh, he took reps, you know, snapping the football. 
Um, he's one of the you know five or six centers that go out with the quarterbacks in pregame. Um, you know, he he's cross trained a little bit at center. Center's not his natural position, but he has cross trained, so it's not unfamiliar territory, but it's not home base if that makes sense. Uh, but right now, Tennessee just needs someone to snap the football and control the tempo, and Ollie Lane can do that. So Ollie Lane is practicing at center right now, still getting some reps at left guard, of course, because. Um, Ollie Lane is probably the leader in that clubhouse to be the starting left guard. But say again, like I said in segment number one, Cooper is out, you know, for a game or something. Ollie Lane has to snap the football. Who's going to play left guard? Well, it's interesting. Addison Nichols, who I mentioned earlier, his home is guard. Um, again, he's trying to learn center, but his home is guard, and he's been getting a little bit of work there at guard. Um, even in the scrimmages, went with the ones a little bit. And um, from people that I've spoken to, it sounds like Addison Nichols had one of his better days at guard on Thursday in Thursday scrimmage. That's good to hear, right? I mean, you're still working and trying to find yourself at center, but Tennessee's trying to find a left guard. And Addison Nichols, I thought in spring, would play a big role in that as well over the summer. And it sounds like he's kind of put his name back in that hat in the left guard competition. So that's kind of an update. That that's that's a good sign that Addison Nichols is a look better at guard as Tennessee's looking for a left guard. Of course, Andre Kierick's in that conversation, the transfer from Texas and Jackson Lampley, the veteran reserve offensive guard as well. Uh, what about Gerald Mincy? Gerald Mincy for the most for the you know first six seven practices of fall camp, spring a fall camp. Um, there was some cross training there, but he was primarily running with the twos on the left side, right? John Campbell comes in from Miami. He's going to be a left tackle, and Gerald Mincy, who has always been a left side player, has been running with the twos on the left side with J.J. Crawford running with the ones on the right side at right tackle along with Dane Davis behind him. Gerald Mincy is more physically gifted than maybe anybody in that offensive line, but it's about buy-in. It's about, you know, um, it's it's a tough switch going from the left side to the right side. Imagine, you know, I'm right-handed, right? I'm sure you are as well. There's not many left-handed people out there. But if you are a right-handed person and you're, you're, you know, writing something with your right hand, imagine someone coming up saying, all right, do that, but write it with your left hand. I'm not trying to be dramatic here, but that's kind of what it is, flipping from one side of the offensive line to the other. I mean, you got to change your stance, you got to change you know, your drop steps and all that. It's it's challenging. But there's a reason when you go to the NFL, you have five starting offensive linemen, a backup center, and a swing man. That swing man kind of goes all over the place. You make money doing that. Anyway, Gerald Mincy got some working on the right side, um, a, a lot of work in the right side with the twos um, in, in the scrimmage on Thursday. So that's a good sign. Um, on Saturday, when we were walking off the practice field, whenever they were kicking the media out after our after our viewing period, they were doing a team period. Now look back, and Gerald Mincy was running with the ones on the right side. So uh, looks like Gerald Mincy's getting a good, good, good look at that right tackle, and I think that would be the best thing for Tennessee, along with him, J.J. Crawford being available and all that. So I feel better about the tackles than I do about the interior because the tackles have done it. Even Dane Davis. Dane Davis is... Started. I don't think he started games in the SEC, but he's played a lot. Actually, actually, he did. He just he started on the road at Alabama uh, in 2021, but he's played a lot of SEC football. Uh, so is Gerald Mincy. So is J.J. Crawford. And, of course, Sean Campbell's played a ton throughout his college career. So I'm not as worried about the tackles than I am about the interior. Last note I'll have right here, speaking of Dane Davis, there were some videos circulating around from Saturday morning's practice of Davis snapping the football. I've got to be honest with you, we get – 20 minutes um, and one in like seven minutes of those is of them stretching. And so we only get like 13 minutes, maybe 12 minutes to consume three different fields, defense way over here, offense over here, you know, shoot video, take notes and all that type of stuff. So you miss a lot is what I'm trying to say. I didn't see Dane Davis snapping the football. Doesn't surprise me though. 
Um, again, Tennessee's trying to leave no stone unturned. They're trying to find a backup center, and if he's over there snapping the football, they're just trying everything, just really trying to find someone that they can count on if push comes to shove. Dane Davis has also been a guy, a veteran offensive lineman in this system, you know, a native of Bluff City. I like Dane a lot. I've always been a supporter and rooting for Dane Davis. I want to see him play. Um, he's repped some guard throughout his time. Again, he's a tackle, but he's also repped some guard throughout his years here at Tennessee. So I think with Dane Davis, they are, you know, yeah, you're repping at the right side of right tackle. You can play left side tackle if push comes to shove, getting some reps at guard, snapping the football a little bit. They're just trying to, to make sure he's ready so he can be that swing man, if you will. So offensive line, again, a lot of questions, but I wrote about this at VolQuest.com. Versatility is the name of the game, and Tennessee's got versatile options available in the meantime to try to figure some things out. So um, as we know, nothing can be done without a steady offensive line. Tennessee, in my opinion, had the best offensive line of the country last year. Why? I know it didn't win the Joe Moore Award, which is given out to the nation's best offensive line unit, but why do I think Tennessee had the best offensive line last year? Because Tennessee had the best offense in the country, scoring offense and total offense, the only team in the country to average over 200 yards passing and sorry, 300 yards passing and 200 yards rushing in games last year. That's why, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's huge. It's huge, right? Uh, we'll see how that materializes. Still, um, you know, we're midway through August right now, August the 14th. Tennessee doesn't play until September the 2nd, so a lot of time to figure some things out. And, of course, a lot of that has to deal with the availability of Cooper Mays as he gets closer and closer to ready by kickoff. All right, when we come back, Joe Milton over who? What I mean by that is... How many of the starting quarterbacks in the SEC would you take Joe Milton over if we're saying this quarterback to Joe Milton? We'll have that conversation. It's hypothetical. Let's have some fun with it next, right here on Lockdown Balls. All right, we've got a final segment left here of this Monday edition of Lockdown Balls. Don't forget, Twitter Tuesday coming up tomorrow. It's when you everydayers get to take over the show. Shout out everydayers. Couldn't do it without you. Um, let's have fun here. This is super, super hypothetical. There's no right or wrong answer. Um, I will say something that you don't agree with, and you will be pissed at me uh, because that's how we are as sports fans. But uh, that's every day, right? Um, this is super, super hypothetical. And again, there's no right or wrong answer to a lot of these. But I'll give my opinion, and I would love to hear yours. Joe Milton over who? Who are you taking Joe Milton over in the SEC? I think we can all agree that if Joe Milton okay, plays to his best potential, reaches his potential. He's got the strongest arm in college football. He looks like Cam Newton. I think we can all agree that if Joe Milton played up to what he's capable of playing, he's the most dangerous quarterback in the country. Yes, I agree with that. I'm sure you do too. I think he's taken strides. I think he's improved. I think his accuracy has improved a lot. Um, I think he's put some touches on his deep throws. I, you know, I saw that on Saturday. And I think he's improved. He's not the same quarterback that lost his job at Michigan. He's not the same quarterback that was a little all over the place to start the 2021 season that, you know, really, in my opinion, looking back on it, man, he just kind of showed up and was named the starting quarterback. I know it didn't go down just like that, but, I mean, that's kind of like what it was, right? Um, he's a different quarterback. I'm a different broadcaster than I was two years ago. I liked, I hope to think I'm better, right? I hope to think I continue to reinvent myself, and I think Joe Milton's done that as well. But heading into the 2023 season, to where we haven't seen it go week after week after week, you know, uh, the, the, the Clemson game in the Orange Bowl was great. He looked awesome. But if they played the next week, what would he have looked like in the week after that? Again, that's my biggest question about Joe, and I've said it countless times. So, Joe Milton, what we've seen so far right now against these quarterbacks, let's go in reverse order because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be increasingly 
uh, more difficult as we go down the list. Uh, my opinion, the worst presumed starting quarterback in the SEC is Graham Mertz at Florida, formerly of Wisconsin. I will take Joe Milton over Graham Mertz in a heartbeat. I think you'd agree as well. A.J. Swan at Vanderbilt. I think A.J. Swan's got some really good talent. I do. I would still take Joe Milton over A.J. Swan. I think you would as well. Brady Cook at Missouri. Another guy that's got some talent, right? He can he can run a little bit. He does not always have the best weapons and everything, but I would take Joe Milton over Brady Cook, and I think you would as well. Peyton Thorne, you know, new new quarterback at Auburn. You know what he did at Michigan State in twenty twenty one was pretty solid, but you know what he did last year, big time question marks. I would take Joe Milton over Peyton Thorne. Connor Wagman had a lot of had a lot of praise. It looked pretty good, but he only played in six games, started five games. Sample size isn't quite there yet. I think Connor Wagman's going to be pretty solid. But at this stage in their careers, I would take Joe Milton over Connor Wagman for the 2023 season, and I think you'd as well. I mean, we're all in agreement right now, right? I'm sure there's some disagreement. But again, the way I'm looking at it, make it your own. You know, to start out the season, what we know about these quarterbacks right now, starting out the season for 2023. I'm not talking five years from now. Connor Wagman, I think, is going to be a stud in the SEC. I do. But I'm talking 2023 season. Jayla Milrow. Joe Milton, I'm taking Joe Milton because I think, sure, Jalen Milrow can run a little bit better than Joe Milton, but I think Joe Milton can do everything else better than Jalen Milrow. Um, that's who I'm presuming in this exercise is Alabama's quarterback. I don't know enough about Ty Simpson. I haven't seen him play enough. So I would say Joe Milton over Ty Simpson right now as well. Tyler Buckner for sure. I don't think he's good. Jackson Dart, Ole Miss. That's interesting. I think Jackson Dart's okay. I think that he's got ability, and I think he's – I think that he could be good, like really good. Um, but again, there's been some inconsistencies there. And, you know, th throughout his year last year at Ole Miss, I think Ole Miss has helped him out a lot with some weapons and everything. Uh, Decision-making was an issue for Jackson Dart as well. I would take Joe Milton. But I think Jackson Dart has a high ceiling. Although, is Jackson Dart going to be the starting quarterback for Ole Miss or is it going to be Spencer Sand Saunders? Um, I do think it'll be Jackson Dart. But, you know, we will have to see, of course. Here's an interesting one, Will Rogers, and I think it's all dependent on system. I like Will Rogers. I think he's a stud. I understand the air raid offense from Le from Leach. May he rest in peace. Um, he's thrown for a crap ton of yards. What's he look like in the new system? We'll get a little glimpse of that this year. I I, I think all around ability to impact the game, especially in Josh Heibel's offense. I will take Joe Milton. Okay, you know, we're getting to the point now to where it's just Joe Milton, Joe Milton, Joe Milton. We're at, so, at some point, we're going to have to take the other quarterback, right? I'm not going to do it right here. The self, not self, that's unfair to him. The media-proclaimed 2021 Heisman Trophy winner before the 2021 season kicked off, Spencer Rattler. Lost a starting job at Oklahoma, came over, was so inconsistent up until the, up until the month of November when he went off. Give him credit, he went off. He played well. We know that we know that right here very very much, right? But boy, there was some bad football from Spencer Rattler in between, right? What's he look like week after week after week after week? Older quarterback, I think he'll be fine this year, but we'll see. I'm still taking Joe Milton over Spencer Rattler. Maybe you won't as well. Carson Beck, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen him play on the stage, and because I haven't seen him play consistently on the stage, I'm going to take Joe Milton. But Carson Beck will have all the toys available to him. His receiving corps got a whole lot better. He's got a great offensive line. He's got one of the best running back rooms in America. He's going to have all the help. He's going to have all the help. But again, I haven't seen him week after week after week, okay? And so it would be unfair to pick him over Joe Milton at this point in the game. So that's why I'll take Joe Milton. Devin Leary. 
And here's where I'll make a lot of people mad. Devin Leary, I think, is a stud. Okay, he tore his pec last year. Um, even before you know the injury in five games or whatever, I think he had NC State at a four and one record, had twelve touchdowns or whatever. I think Devin Leary is a stud, and I think for Kentucky, they could be an issue if they figure out that offensive line because they've got three wide receivers who are pretty solid, and they got an upgrade tremendously at quarterback over Will Levis. I think Devin Leary going into the 2022 season was one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I think Kentucky got a steal there through the transfer portal. So based on what I've seen throughout their college career so far, and if you're unfamiliar with Devin Leary and I'm making you mad right now, please go look up his stats. Go look at his 2021 season. And honestly, 2022 before he got hurt, Devin Leary's good. I'd probably take Devin Leary. You know, am I making you mad? Probably, but I'm, uh, you know, we're, we're open and honest here, right? Uh, Devin Leary, I'd probably take him. Jaden Daniels. I'd probably take Jaden Daniels over him, right? Um, he can do a little bit of everything. He can run. I don't think he'll run as much. Um, I don't think he's got the best arm, but I think it's good enough. I think the fact that he's being pushed by Garrett Nussmeyer is, is really good. I think that he and the scheme for Brian Kelly is really, really solid. I'd probably take Jaden Daniels. And then the other quarterback in this conversation is K.J. Jefferson. A healthy K.J. Jefferson I will take K.J. Jefferson. I think he's a little bit overrated, but he's still really, really good. He's got a great arm. Um, he's a good runner. He knows the system. He's built like a freight train, six foot three, 250 pounds. The problem is, though, he gets hurt a lot. But at his best and when he's healthy, I would take KJ Jefferson over Joe Milton as well. But I mean, look at the stats, guys. Again, I'm out of I'm out of pissing people off there towards the end, but it is what it is. KJ Jefferson's one, Jaden Daniels is two, Devin Leary's three. And those are the only quarterbacks of the presumed 14 start. We'll say 13 because we're taking Joe Milton out of this. Of the presumed other 13 starters in the SEC, I'm only going to take three guys over Joe Milton heading in to the 2023 season. I think that is completely fair. I do. And Joe Milton, again, I'll circle back to how we started this conversation. At his best, he has the potential to be the most dangerous and best quarterback, not only in the Southeastern Conference, but in the country. But we've got to see it week after week after week. And I'm tired of saying that. It's been a long offseason, and here in a couple of weeks, we'll have a chance to see what he looks like this week, and then the following week, and then the following week, because football season will be here, and I cannot wait, and I know you're like that as well. I had a whole lot of fun talk, talking some hypotheticals, talking some bold predictions. Um, I really feel like this is going to be one of the uh, one of y'all's favorite shows as well. Hopefully it will be, because it's been one of mine. Um, it's fun to go out there on the ledge and kind of talk about some things. I showed you my work. If you have a, if you, if you want to disagree or if you want to agree or whatever, Twitter Tuesdays tomorrow, send me in what you think about Joe Milton stacked up against the other SEC quarterbacks. Some bold predictions about Tennessee this year. Show your work. We'll talk about it tomorrow right here on Lockdown Vols. Also, concerns, questions you may have, Tennessee fall camp. It's when you, the everydayer, gets to take over the show every Tuesday, Mailbag Edition. Hit up those comment sections on the YouTube channel at underscore Kaner at Lockdown Vols. Tweet me, send me in some DMs, whatever you guys want. Let's get in those questions and we'll talk about it on tomorrow's show. Can't thank you enough for being here, guys. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Subscribe to Lockdown Balls on the YouTube channel. You guys are incredible. I can't believe I didn't open the show like this. I'm so sorry. Over the weekend, we hit 8K. The goal was 8K by opening day, but because of you guys, we hit it early. Thank you so much. Y'all are incredible. As always, you can watch, subscribe on Lockdown Balls on the YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcast listening-wise. Until tomorrow, stay safe. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. This has been Lockdown Balls.